Dogs of Warcry is a new podcast from the Mortal Realms focusing on Warcry, a fast-paced cinematic skirmish game by Games Workshop. Join us for discussions on gameplay, rules, lore, painting, terrain building, campaigns, and events. My name is Eric, or Stone Monk Gamer, and answering the call with me again this episode is Josh and Pavend. How are you guys doing? Great. Good to be back. Yeah, it's been a fun week with the first episode out and such fantastic responses uh, from everybody. Uh, and now that we have uh, our stream on iTunes, you can definitely go and give us a, a review. Five stars if you can, please. And joining us uh uh, for this episode is Paul, who you may know from the Mortal Realms podcast and from running the Age of Sigmar narrative event at Adepticon the last couple of years and upcoming this year as well. Right, Paul? That's correct. Uh, and many other accolades uh, <laughs> and a huge member of the AOS community. How are you doing, Paul? Doing great. Having a good time. <laughs> Sounds like it, man. Just yeah. coming out on fire. Coming out. All guns blazing. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we're going to start off this episode uh, with our hobby progress. Obviously, Games Workshop has given us a mythic level of hobby ready and waiting for us uh, for Warcry. Uh, so we're going to talk a little bit about our projects. Uh, Paul, uh, since it's your first time uh, on Dogs of Warcry, why don't you share with us first your uh, the, the first Warbrand you've got uh, out the gate uh, for our league and any other projects that you're working on uh, for Warcry. Well, I started with the Corvus Cabal. I was sitting there deciding between the Splintered Fang and the Corvus Cabal, and the the Strike Talon made the difference for me. The the two characters were just a little bit cooler for me than the Splintered Fang. Not a hundred percent sold on the Elf with the Scale Mail. Uh, and I got really excited about them, and I, I was actually able to go to the first night of the local league here run by you, sir, uh, Mr. Stoneman Gabriel. And so I got super excited and painted up the whole warband before the first night. Uh, it was good. Uh, and then I'm going to be working on a Legions of Nagash warband. One of my friends has expressed some interest after playing against me with Stormcast. He wanted to switch to the Legions of Nagash. So we're going to make something for him to be able to play with. And then, as always, just working on terrain. More and more terrain. So... <laughs> Always. Have you been uh, so the gibbering dome uh, terrain is massive, and you've got you've had an you created enough of it to create like ever changing scenario like full tables for six games, five games. Uh, it's four, four, four six by four tables with some pretty intensive level changes, basically. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and you've been adapting that to Warcry, which obviously you've already got the levels going on. Um, mm -hmm. uh, how's that been going? Trying to kind of find additional i guess elements i've already played my first game on the gibbering dome terrain and it was just a ton of fun uh my friend alan came over and he was the one who was playing the vanguard and just set up kind of this a little home base and we pulled the cards and it was the assassinate war plan and so i was attempting to defend myself on an upper level with stairs and 
being able to play with the war crime movement rules really made me, I don't know, much happier, <laughs> if that's possible, with the Gibbering Dome terrain, because with the walls that I've built, everything works just so super simple and super smoothly. And that was just a very satisfying interaction. The main difference between my terrain and the Warcry standard terrain is that my walls are four inches instead of three inches. Mm. But I am thinking of building up my own version of the Gibbering Dome of the base set terrain so I can use maybe some of those cards and also just allow that to look a little bit more for the same feel as a normal game of Warcry. So cool. I like it. Well, that's an interesting point. Uh, I actually think there could be something to having them above three inches just so that there's no question. <laughs> yep, exactly. No 2.97 uh, inches question. It's four uh, inches, buddy. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so very cool, very cool. Uh, all right, uh, Paven, what have you been up to? So I've been working on a couple things. Um, first, I finished my Loom Boss on Giant Squig. It's not quite War Cry, but maybe one day it'll be allied in. Um, but <laughs> I, I finished up my Loon Curse Boss, which allowed me to buy my uh, next item to paint, um, which was my Loon Shrine, which is cool to bring into War Cry. One, because like as the narrative, if my narrative campaign progresses, um, yeah. we actually start building Loon Shrine. So it was nice to actually get a physical one that I can <laughs> build it myself. Right. Where I'm really trying to push myself here is uh, the Loon Shrine is not really a fun train piece to play with Warcry because it's there's not a lot of interaction. It's just kind of this thing that sits. Um, so what I've been trying to do is build platforms and gantries and like kind of things that you can climb across that goblins have kind of like put on this you know shrine to their god. Yeah. And um, so I've been really working on that. It's really been. Uh, it's not necessarily my wheelhouse, um, but I've been using Eric's kind of um, his recommendation for like building like kind of like uh, sloppy wood and like using that to build on my platform. Can, so that's can I coin good. that term? Can that be my sloppy wood te- technique? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Let's make sure we're still going to have a PG-13 rating on this podcast, though. <laughs> I think he ruined it by mentioning it. <laughs> um, fair, fair. We'll get it in post. Now, another way you could go, uh, obviously, the Arachnarok no, has... I'm already, like, most of the way through this Oh, one. sorry. Yeah. I was, I was going to say the Arachnarok, like, platform stuff could... I don't know how well that looks on the on the Loon Shrine, the, the newer, you know, plastic stuff, but... Uh, I'm excited to see it when you get that ready, and I will definitely kick your bounders off of that thing as soon as i have a chance so paven i have a question for you yeah shoot so you had to finish painting your loom boss on giant squig before you could buy your next model is that what you said yeah 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 yeah. we don't need to get into it but yeah that's i'm a little i'm very strict well uh, (laughs) so basically what you're saying is that you have your own campaign level for Warcry, and your convergence is finishing painting models, and unless you achieve your convergence, you cannot unlock your campaign to the next level. Is that what you're saying? Uh, I, I didn't quite follow, but sure, yeah. Like... <laughs> it's awesome. That is awesome. Yeah, though. that is super cool, though. Uh, more power to you. That's not a bad um, uh, work ethic or, or hobby ethic. Not at all. Um, so very cool, very cool. Um, anything else you've been working on? Um, the only other small thing is like as we've been playing in our campaign um, and uh, my uh, my miniatures do specifically well or they get destiny levels, I 
can often I give them like a little extra paint job, uh, especially like the older goblins. Um, so like one of my goblins, I think it's Gripe. Um, he he uh, he I grabbed an objective and he leveled up his destiny. So I gave him like kind of another layer of highlights and gave him checks on his hood to show his, you know, how important he was in the war band. Uh, so that's kind of fun to do. And that's pretty fast. Nice. Yeah, that's awesome. Nice. So how is, uh, why don't we touch on that briefly? Uh, how are you doing in the, in the campaign? I think I'm doing pretty good. I missed last week, so I'm a little bit behind in games, but I have, uh, I'm four, four games into my, to my campaign, to my quest. I finished my first convergence. And so that was very satisfying. Um, uh, my goblins are continuing their bottle quest. Um, <laughs> yeah, their first convergence is they like run into another group and they run away. Um, <laughs> they successfully ran away from ghosts. It is hard nice. to joust ghosts. All right. Oh, very cool. Very cool. All right. Uh, Josh, what you been working on? Uh, so I've been uh, working on several different terrain elements. Uh, working on one kind of a undead uh, death-based tower uh, that's been a, a birthday present for several years in the works for my stepson. <laughs> and uh, he wants to use it for his uh, Armies on Parade display for his Warcry Warband he's been converting. So so I would, that kind of put it on the priority list. So I've been working on that quite a bit. I um, did get the Shattered Storm Vault magnetized, and that's all been working really well, which is nice. And I've been working on color schemes for the Warband, you know, working on a test piece. And uh, still browsing for color schemes for the terrain itself, so I can we can kind of tackle that. But uh, looking forward to that. Very cool, very cool. And how's how have you been doing on the campaign? Uh, I've been very fortunate in the campaign. The uh, Envoys of Madness have, have a nine-win running streak so far, and I just today finished dominating the sixth territory, and uh, have uh, you know got. I think uh, you know, most of the way through the campaign chart. So so far, so good. It's been great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's been it's been pretty good. Um, I'm uh, I'm having deja vu for the last campaign I played with Josh. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's very good. Have you had any like I deja uh, vu? I met PTSD. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any defining moments of those uh, of those nine wins, or does it start blurring all together? Uh, no, there's, I mean, it's, it's definitely been circumstantial, you know, so the quest, you know, makes a huge difference. The twists sometimes have favored me or at least didn't add anything to my opponent's forces. Um, some cases it's the numbers where I played Iron Jaws in two different games and I just had double the models. So it made some of the missions easier. So it's, I've noticed it can really depend on what the mission is and at its effect. And after, you know, that many games, I'm starting to get a little better of playing the forces and how to use their special abilities. And that that's helped a lot. So very cool. Very cool. Um, let's see. Well, yeah, we've, so we've just finished our third um, week as of this. So as of hearing this, we're going to be coming into our fourth week of the campaign. Um, and it's been a lot of fun. We had a big turnout the first couple weeks. We maybe dropped a third the third week, um, but hoping we can kind of pop that back up. People, you know, it's, it's you know, you can't get too down on a, on a down week or anything like that. Um, but it's to be expected. Sometimes these, you know, go hot at the beginning. So hopefully we can carry that forward. We can get that, uh, that energy. It's been fun kind of showing up and being able to play is, uh, I'm still trying to get a handle on what to track. And I've got, you know, I've got a spreadsheet with some information that helps me kind of figure out where people are at, et cetera. Um, I want to crack the code so that 
we can run these better, start adding our own, you know, stuff on top of it, etc. Um, the, the dogs of war cry, my untamed beast war band, uh, I've played four games, um, managed to, uh, win my convergence, which was pretty cool. Um, and that was against, uh, uh, Josh, your stepson, Ben, and Mm -hmm. he was playing the legions of Nagash. And I was at the first round. It was like, yeah, we're both crushing some stuff. Second round. I was like, oh, I don't have enough to get through this. Uh, and then third round I had, um, uh, a nice kind of out of, out of left field kind of play with my beast, um, speaker and my first fang, you being able to use their special abilities to, to kind of get in position and steal an objective at the end. Um, and so it was, it was fun to have it come down to kind of some of those special abilities and, um, you know, kind of if I hadn't brought those characters or those models, then I wouldn't have been able to, to grab that at the end. Right. So it felt good mm-hmm. to have them be their special abilities be, you know, valued. Um, my other fun was obviously we, you know, Paul, Josh and I played a, um, a, a triumph and treachery for the first time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I had, I couldn't stick around for the whole game. Uh, but I had a, a planes runner, run up and and uh, smack <laughs> smack your thrall master for i think it was he got two attacks in a row i don't know how he survived to get to a point where he got two attacks but um <laughs> he his first attack he got one crit and his second attack he got three crits so uh he put he put some hurt uh or she put some hurt on him so she got a name which was uh, uh smoke blood nice uh, for for turning that smoke into tangible uh, <laughs> blood on the ground uh so that was fun, and I've been trying to paint that warband. I actually uh, picked up, like I said, I, I've got a second sprue or set of sprues, a box of the Untamed Beasts. And then I also figured out how I wanted to incorporate the, uh, what is the Underworld's uh, warband? Godsworn Hunt. And was able to, I've got 26 models, so I can't even fit them all on a roster. Uh, <laughs> but I've got... Uh, um, I've got a junior first fang, so it's like a third fang. Uh, a junior uh, beast caller, baby uh, beast, fang, beast speaker, and then I've got uh, like a, a a mystic or a leader, uh, which kind of inspired out of one of the books. Um, if you're listening to this, you probably also just recently listened, hopefully listened to our uh, anthology episode on the mortal realms, uh, where um, Paul and I is with with Davy and. Uh, Aaron uh, kind of talked through the Warcry anthology stories, and it's was really cool getting some more flavor from that. Um, otherwise, I've yeah, I finished up my uh, starter set terrain in about a week. Kind of finally got to start on that last weekend and finished it up in time for or two weekends ago. Got it in time for our last league, and uh, yeah, uh, putting up more videos. So mm-hmm. I'm burning on all cylinders, and I hope awesome. it doesn't stop. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, um, yeah, well, I'm glad that you guys have been having fun in the hobby and putting out some cool stuff. Looking forward to, uh, seeing what, uh, else everybody else is putting out, share it with us on Twitter, um, at dogs of war cry, uh, get into that community there on Facebook, um, or join us on our discord. Uh, if you're interested in kind of sharing and talking about Warcry with us there, Pavin, what is going on in Warcry news these days? Oh, we got a lot of Warcraft news, Eric. Thanks for asking. Um, the, the most <laughs> exciting thing is, um, I think, is Monsters and Mercenaries. 
And I don't think we want to get too deep in there, one, because we haven't read the book yet, and there's a lot of exciting things uh, coming in. Um, but a quick overview is we're getting um, rules for a lot of monsters, a lot of chaos, and monsters from all Grand Alliances in there. Um, we also have, like, heroes, or they're called allies or mercenaries, where they're bringing in a lot of the kind of the character models from Age of Sigmar and giving them rules and allowing them to join your warband. Um, we don't have a full list on there, but there is... 44 models on the allies tab on the games workshop website and uh, so that's what we're predicting will be like the the collection that is all that is going to be in the game i'm very excited um there's going to be exalted quests they've talked about where you get um where all factions can participate and so that's artifacts and command abilities um overall a very cool expansion um really excited 25 bucks feels very like modest and reasonable to jump into what are the other things that are out besides the monsters and mercenaries? Well, so uh, we'll have the new Ravage Lands coming out at the same time, the Defiled Ruins, which is a combination of sprues from the Azrite Ruins and Azrite Townscape. So that'll add, a, again, something else with a second level. And, um, and coincidentally, or I guess intentionally, they can be used to integrate with the core set for Warcry as well. They've got the same ends that uh, combine, so you can make a you know huge monstrous constructions if you wish to. Uh, yeah. In addition to that, they're releasing everything. You know, the Iron Golems, Untamed Beasts, Beasts of Chaos, are all being released in separate boxes, so you can, don't have to have the starter box anymore to get those. And uh, as one of the monster sets, they're re-releasing the the Chimera with some Warcry cards, which would be nice. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I'm I'm really glad to see the the Iron Golems and Untamed Beasts out as their own box for expansions and kind of moving forward. Uh, I think that's a nice thing for them to move forward with. But there's a little bit of kind of just the um, concern um, with uh, online with some of the the release having Warcry is one month since it's you know or under a month since it's last re- since it first released, and it's already got more stuff coming out. Um, and then the other part is the mer- monsters and mercenaries. How much is that going to affect our core games? And kind of when you when you roll up to play a game of of Warcry at the store and you're just kind of casual, um, are you going to have to deal with somebody else's monster or ally if that's not the t- the style of game you want to play? Um, so I'll, I'll just kind of kind of put it out to, to you guys. Um, maybe Paul, I don't know if you have a thought on the fast and furious release schedule here or um kind of that that effect on casual play what has been what are you excited about for this uh release and and do you feel some of those concerns as well so i this is always one of my soapboxes and so be prepared but i think having extra rules added in is super awesome i know that many people haven't finished necessarily doing their campaign but I'm totally okay with that because every game that you play with another player, there's a social contract there, right? Like you're playing against another individual. We're not playing video games here. So if you want to play against somebody else and you're like, you know what? I, I don't really have a chance to do the heroes here. You can do match play 1,000 points, right? If you don't want to play with the monsters or you do want to play with the monster hunt, that's a super easy thing to communicate. And I think it adds something. And I don't really think that anything is taken away. So as far as being too fast too soon, I mean, uh, Eric, if you don't mind me saying so, if you've got the passion, why not strike while the iron is hot, right? If you want people to make this a long-term investment, I think it's a great way of 
giving people more at the moment they're super excited about playing more. I agree. Uh, no, I think there's some really good points there. Uh, how about you, Josh? Uh, what are you excited for with this release? And uh, have you had any of those conversations on Facebook or anywhere else? Yeah, no, I have. And and uh, the advice I've kind of passed along is that, you know, the more ways that we can enjoy the game, you know, that more ways that other people can enjoy the game, the better. Because everybody gets different things out of all the games we play, you know, the narrative aspect or, you know, what's in their collection and the campaigns or is it just match play? And I think this just gives people more tools to play with, which will, I think, attract more people. But as you said, you know, extend the life of the game. It'll create unique scenarios, unique campaign quests, and, and integrate models from people's collections that they have right now or encourage them to pick up some more things. So I, I definitely think more options for people to engage in the game, the better. How about you, Paven? Is there, because you can't buy that next thing until you paint this thing, does having a lot of stuff coming out make you nervous? Does it feel like an avalanche? Well, without getting too far into it, I can buy as many books as I want because they're oh, not pictures that need to be painted. <laughs> so I, I, I'm always down for a nice book release. You know, I feel like we, I think, we, pick this up. I feel like we do have to have an episode where we do get into it at some point, but not today. We won't put you in this book <laughs> any more than we have, I guess. Uh, but are you, is there anything you're excited about? Is there uh, something more than any other thing? Oh, heck yes. Um, <laughs> I think monster hunts sound very narrative and like something I want my warband to do is just, yeah. you know, form some beast and take it over. Um, I think using those those really cool large models in a skirmish game like is a nice like uh, asymmetrical game. Um, I like using I got a lot of those. um models that are on the allied list like that I own and that I have painted and I really I'm really excited to use those in my games and I'm just excited to see like what else is in that book because I'm not you know we don't have mm -hmm. a, a full list of all those things so right yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna pick it up right away when it comes out yeah the um some people have gotten their early release uh stuff and uh if you do go over to uh gorilla miniatures on youtube he does do an unboxing and walkthrough of it. It was cool to listen to kind of what things are included, what's there. And one of the things I guess I was most worried about that kind of the founded of like, okay, now everyone's going to want to have one of these AOS heroes. Would they raise the game level? Like, are they going to be twice as powerful as your uh, unit leader, right? Uh, mm -hmm. Your warband leader. Um, and it, at the moment, without looking at anything in the book, just that first glance, it seems like they're mostly on par with unit leaders. And again, maybe abilities are where they uh, start doing things that are more fun or themely and 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 interesting. Um, but as we know, you, you're not guaranteed abilities, right? Uh, it's mm -hmm. whatever where they fall, when they fall, and if they're even applicable for the game you're playing. Um, so it's one of those things where they could be fun, kind of clutch, have some clutch abilities uh, that make a game fun. But it seems like it might be hard for any one of them to just dominate. Um, uh, and, and the, like you said to even the monster hunt, like, I mean, I think everybody uh, wants to go up against a monster in this kind of uh, style, you know, a warband fighting a monster. And for me, all of these different rules, like if they if they didn't come out with a book, I was going to figure out a way to like model them up, right? <laughs> Write them right. up or whatever for upcoming events or throw it in as a as a you know another element of a league because i feel like i'm going to need ways to keep it current keep it interesting um and and possibly we're on week four here uh of our campaign maybe the second four weeks introduces some of these elements we talked about uh after these our eight weeks are done 
we're going to do a palate cleanser and just fight some monsters for a bit and then go into our next campaign. Um, so there's, there's just so many things that this gets me prepared for. Um, that being said, at least with our leagues, I feel like we're in a position to kind of control the flow, create the expectations for players come in when they come into play these league games that we are going to, you know, are we going to use monsters and mercenaries? Um, Are there any, you know, kind of elements that we say, well, you can have up to one of this or et cetera, et cetera. Like, can we create the space where everybody kind of feels comfortable getting into it and they don't feel rushed into it if they, if they're not there yet. Um, So I think that there's some things as a community we can do locally. Um, I can see, you know, rocking up to a, a, you know, a casual game and somebody's got their monster in their box and saying, "Hey, can I play with my monster?" And it being like, eh, "I don't want them to not play with their toys, but I don't have a monster, you know, or that's not that's not how I've been playing." Um, I think the the other thing is that if we want Warcry to grow and more people playing it, as as we do and Games Workshop does, um, having something coming out on the regular is important for kind of their their presence the you know keeping it up in the news on the on the websites uh keeping us talking about stuff so it's a it's one of those necessary evils i think of growing a new game uh that they got to keep top of mind i'm definitely excited as well we're all on the same page uh yeah yeah well i think it adds a lot of narrative juice and you know chunks that we can bite on while they're working on the next war bands and things too so yeah yeah so one of the comments was um so like fighting if you want to go hunt a monster uh, according to the the preview, uh, you have to meet a certain level of of dominating territory, mm-hmm. and and so once you've kind of proven your warbands at a certain level, you can go off and fight that war hydra or whatever. But if you fail, you risk losing those territories. Nice. Uh, nice. So there's some there's some risk reward in here, which uh, feels really cool. Um, and I just think that, that, like you said, there's, I feel like there's some game balancing things that happen in there, right? League balancing. You've got Josh here needs to fight a, a fight a monster and get his butt whooped, uh, so he can come <laughs> down to our level again. Uh, <laughs> but uh, no, I mean it's just it's just cool stuff. So I had a quick thought. There's an interesting thing. Just the title of the book, Mercenaries and Monsters, right? Um, Warcry itself definitely feels like a narrative game. You've got your six chaos warbands that are kind of your prototypical characters, and then you have the nine non-chaos warbands that really allow you to kind of bring in AOS into it. But I think, especially because they took Warcry and they titled it Mercenaries and Monsters, it just resonates a lot with me with like the old Dungeons and Dragons books, right? Like, so this is almost like a monster manual that we have these narratives that we can have and these new monsters that we can pull out, new challenges. And especially with these war grand progression charts that we have where you can move to a convergence, you you conquer territory. It definitely scratches an itch for me that D&D did where you have a mm-hmm. character sheet. Your characters level up. You gain special items, right? But you right. have your one leader that's moving everything forward. And what Mercenaries and Monsters really does, it, I think, allows you to be like, I actually defeated, you know, a chimera. How amazing is that? Like, it starts to give you these awesome stories that will be kind of touchstones, I think, going forward for, well, can you tell me about your warband? Oh, well, I did this and I did that, right? And Mm -hmm. it's a really cool way of developing the narrative while also giving people a lot of different ways to play. But 
Eric, a lot of this is reminding me of the way that you ran the campaign and we did skirmish, you know, a couple of years ago where you were saying, hey, this is what we're doing and I'm going to throw stuff at you and we're going to try and figure out challenge ratings and all this kind of stuff. So I, I'm super excited for just the possibilities that exist and the, the direction they seem to be taking with the design at this point. Yeah, yeah. No, I think it's real cool. Yeah, one of the, the campaigns set Renown and Ruin was basically if if you took on a challenge from an NPC, you're, you would wager uh, yep. some of your renown. Yep. And, and so you could decide like how much you wanted to be known for this, doing this <laughs> deed. Uh, and if you took it on and you, if you succeeded, you'd basically double it, you know, you'd double that wager or you'd win that on top. If you failed, you'd lose that. So <laughs> it also gave the player the ability to be kind of really brazen about it and take big leaps and take big risks. Um, or, you know, uh, and, and depending on what they, they kind of wagered, it would depend on maybe the challenge of the, of the thing. So, yeah, I mean, it's, I, I like this element of, of risk that's, that's coming into it because, Mm -hmm. uh, other than losing fighter that has an artifact or, um, destiny, um, you're, you know, if you lose somebody, there's not a huge risk there. How, you know, you lose some of those, those fun things. Uh, that being said, um, you add more options for your roster. You add more kind of risk to your roster. Uh, now that you're, you're, you're roster building and you're swapping out uh, models or you know adding and removing from your roster becomes more tricky. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. We're gonna we'll definitely cover the you know once we get the book in hand, we have a chance to to work in it. Probably play some games. Uh, I think we like to have some games under our belt. Before we get too uh, detailed in our in our review of rules or whatever, um, but we'll we'll have that coming in a future episode. Well, why don't we take a break, and when we come back, uh, we'll talk about our main topic, which is how do we get um, uh, new players to their first thousand point warband, the cheapest, the fastest, the easiest, uh, so that we can suck them in and get them playing more games, etc. How's that sound, guys? Awesome. Hey, just a quick thanks for subscribing to the Dogs of Warcry stream. We're already working on episode three. If you're looking for a deeper dive into each warband and the lore right this minute, go check out our mainstream, The Mortal Realms. We've just released our spoiler cast episode of the Warcry Anthology. It's a collection of six stories featuring each of the Chaos Warbands and a surprise non-Chaos guest. We're definitely going to cover more lore on this stream in the future, but don't you deserve it now? All right. Welcome back. Now, we wanted to use this episode, the second episode, to um, create as wide of an opening, uh, a gateway, a door, a realm gate, whatever, for new players getting into Warcry and um, kind of navigating all the options uh, that are available, whether that be the starter set, the um, Chaos Warbands that uh, are brand new and released with the game, or uh, any of the Warbands that are made up of non-Chaos that may use existing models or um, uh, stuff that are is on the, the shelves at your Games Workshop or local game store. Um, because it's it's not the easiest to navigate and even the first uh our first night out at league we had new players uh, checking it out and asking that question well how do i get what what do i buy what appeals to me and then how do i get into it what's the best thing to buy um and that's a 
in some cases it can be, a, depending on what you like, it can be a very simple question and sometimes it can be a little more complex. The place I want to start is I did uh, put this question out on Twitter. What have you recommended to friends who are interested in Warcry? And specifically the poll was, do you re- recommend the starter set because of its value, the chaos warbands because they're so themey, or recommend non-chaos because it's something they already own or you know there's just those options uh, available uh, but that the starter set was the number one recommendation at 43 um, percent because of the value that you get out of that starter box now um, then close second at 38 percent was the non-chaos warbands um, possibly again because people already own those or they have some models that they can already get started with and so that can be an easy and if they've got the models, there's no risk in playing um, with them and pl- trying um, Warcry out. Uh, and then third was the Chaos Warbands. Um, and I'm sure some of that may come down to, you know, sitting on the fence or which ones you like or, or just the number of options there are compared to the non-Chaos. Um, any of, does any of that uh, surprise you guys in those results? No, no, I think uh, I think that probably falls into line with what I was expecting just because, you know, and I think I voted the starter set because you get two warbands, all the terrain, the tokens, you know, it's, it's a really good deal. And and certainly, you know, um, as I had mentioned in the first podcast, is my main Age of Sigmar armies, Kahadran Overlords, and, and had they had a warband, you know, availability for that, I probably would have started with that rather than getting into chaos. So I think both of those are kind of in line with what I would be thinking too. So. Yeah, I would... I would say um, I started with the chaos, but I started with the starter set, which is, yeah, I mean, kind of falls in line uh, with that too. I had other warbands that, uh, or other models from existing sets that I could use, uh, but then I, you know, kind of chose to get into uh, the Untamed Beast. Well, let's let's start with the starter set um, and let's talk about this value. Paven, what did you think about that breakdown? Uh, what was what was your initial decision getting into Warcry? So the breakdown, I don't know what my expectation was, um, but the starter set is designed to get people into the game, and it's certainly the best value, and especially if you have, like, two friends or two brothers or two sisters that all want to get into the game, it's, like, really a great way to go because you get everything you need, and it's all in the box, and it's, like, got great terrain, it's got great minis. Um, So I I can see why that is the number one recommendation. Um, Beyond that, um, I guess we'll have to... Keep every listeners sit tight, and we'll get you. We'll get you. Uh, <laughs> you everything else, all the other information. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, so here's what you get in the starter set. Obviously, the starter set is um, about $170 uh, retail. You can find some other deals on that with your local game store or or etc. But um, inside of it, you get the rules, which are a $50 value. You get two warbands, which are a $100 value. The chaos beasts, which are a $45 value terrain which is magnificent terrain at and i and i hope at some point that comes out as a ravaged land it's a fantastic value around 90 95 dollars you get the battle plan cards um for each warband um which uh or sorry for the battle plan cards is the four decks of cards which is a 24 dollar value tokens i guess mm. you probably heard me say i can take or leave those i have other means um, but it's it's around th- over three hundred dollars worth of kits and you know content inside that one hundred and seventy dollar um, you know huge heavy box. If you've got nothing, if you're starting from scratch, 
it's absolutely worth that value and it's a great place to go. But what if I wanted to just get started and I, I wasn't ready to do the starter set? What, what do I need? Paul, what would be the first thing that you would say is a, is a must get? Well, the rules, right? I mean, the basic framework that allows you to use these models in a different game, super important and super useful. Um, and not to mention that you don't just get the rules, you also get all these campaigns and everything else that's included in it. So uh, that would definitely be my first buy. And it was my first buy, for sure. Cool, cool. So the core rule book, it's $50. You can actually get it digitally for $35 if you prefer an iPad or another digital method. So there's a, a real easy way to get in there if you like going that route. Um, what else would you, uh, Josh, where would you go next? Well, I think definitely after that point, you would have to go with, you know, whatever warband you decided to pick up. So whether it's a, uh, you're buying a box of one of the, with the uh, chaos boxes that are out there would come with all the cards in it, or whether you're buying one of the eight, $9-ish packs for the existing AOS armies, because then, then you'll need to figure out, okay, what can my guys do? And then, you know, you'll go from there. We'll talk about the warbands in a minute, but yeah, getting that next warband, uh, whatever that warband is you want to play with. And your options is either buy something new or use existing models. Um, and mm-hmm. I was amazed at the number of options they came out with out of the gate. Um, I think it just makes it, seems like there's an entry point for almost everybody. Um, like you said, your KO weren't represented, so there's not every army has a, a entry point, but hopefully mm-hmm. that'll come in time. Um, Haven, uh, you're working on the, the Loon Shrine uh, as a terrain option for Warcry. Is where would you go next with terrain? What would you be looking at? Well, if you're just wanting to, if you're just a novice and you're just trying to try it out and you want to get in with like a smaller investment, I would say the first thing you should do with regards to terrain is just go to your local game store and use the terrain they have and just set it up in a way that you think is cool and just play on that. If you have the rule book and you have minis, like I think that's all you actually need. Um, now going beyond that and, um, you, maybe you want to play at home. Maybe you just want to collect your own stuff. Um, there's a lot of good options. I think the, the first one you want to look at is the Ravaged Land sets, uh, which are built specifically for Warcry. So they give you lots of pieces like that have like a cohesive theme around them, and they give you the decks for randomly generating uh, 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 different battlefields that you'd want to play with your Warbands are. And I think you also get a, a, the, the fold-out map to play on as well. Um, so that's the coolest, that's like, I would say the next investment. And I'm like very excited on investing there next. So I have my own little set I can play at my house. Um, on top of that, you can, of course, start roping in all of the other like Age of Sigmar terrain or your own custom built terrain. Um, Absolutely. I I had uh, the Azerite Ruins is, has a small set where at the very least, if you're playing on the battle uh, mat level, the ground level, you can have ruins and, and stuff to kind of block you if you wanted to start collecting your own terrain. The Azerite Township has that second level and is makes up quite a bit of the Defiled Ruins set that's coming out. Uh, but that Azerite Township, if it's still available for $55, is not a bad, is, is a really good deal for kind of the terrain that you get into it, uh, mm-hmm. you get with it. Um, but yeah, they keep putting out these ravaged lands, which are these nice little kind of a full table of terrain, uh, which is again being able to just pick up one item and get it in there. If that's if if once you've bought in and you're ready to go, um, but I mean, 
Wargaming has a history of using kind of found objects and things in your house or kind of do-it-yourself stuff. Um, Josh, you do a ton of kind of your own building of things. For someone who maybe hasn't done that before, do you have any tips for, you know, what they would do with terrain at home? Uh, yeah, I guess my biggest recommendation would be use your imagination. I mean, I remember some of the very first uh, Games Workshop books come out, you know, Rogue Trader and everything else. They would put books underneath, you know, a piece of cloth to represent hills. I mean, yep. you can you can you can go as basic as you want and still have a lot of fun. And even you know, when I was growing up, my brother and I would take models outside and play in the dirt, you know, on moss and trees, you know. So you you can definitely use your imagination. You can you know, there's all sorts of uh, styrofoam or box fillings and and all sorts of things that you can kind of use to represent that. You know, terrarium terrain, and you know, you go to the mm -hmm. pet store. Pick up near the craft store has got tons of vegetation that's usually really cheap. Lots of options. Yeah. yeah. My son yeah. has a Batman Hot Wheels set that has like ramps and platforms. I feel like if I've got something like that laying around, it could e be easy enough to put that on a table and, and just use it and, and just imagine it as something different. Definitely. Yeah. I, I think the movement rules for Warcry really invite you into imagining a lot of things, right? The movement rules are as uh, Sam has talked about, very much based on parkour. And out of all the GW games that have been released so far, I think this is definitely the game where, like you were saying, Josh, you put books underneath a carpet, right? And that becomes a hill. Mm -hmm. But in AOS, that becomes a hill, and you've got to work on the movement and go up here, and then maybe you can do this thing, right? But in mm -hmm. Warcry, that becomes an objective, right? That becomes a useful piece of terrain to be able to move on to it. So even just you know, stacking the boxes you got from your set or right. Shadespire or whatever, right? Like the box you got for um, your starter set for AOS. All those boxes actually provide a new depth of play for those rules because these movement rules are so flexible. Um, now, you know, like you get to the point where you're like, this is super fun and I really want to do this. The amazing thing of having these $90 sets that fill the 22 by 30 board and really are evocative of what you're doing is just kind of an amazing uh, situation that we've never really encountered before. I mean, the possibility of getting into a whole game for, you know, under $200 and you have all these rules, it, 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 it kind of blows the mind. So um, for terrain, especially it just, it, it's amazing what, what you can do with such little stuff. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, uh, you can take it further, and I know uh, we talked a bit. Paul's got the Gibbering Dome, which is, uh, you know, kind of this many, many uh, uh, four by six boards worth of, of kind of terrain and elevation. Uh, Josh is building, you know, custom stuff and and kind of putting uh, styrofoam and uh, you know plastic stuff and hobby stuff from you know Halloween and the you know every there's tons of things to find and put it together and. What is cool is if you are interested in that sort of thing, if you are creative, if you are, um, you know, like crafting or doing those sorts of things, um, the the table size is small enough. The kind of detail of the world that we're that we're playing in is evocative enough that you can, you know, you can create your own space. It doesn't have to be just the stuff from the store. Uh, if that's a challenge you want to take on, that's that. There's room to grow into that, uh, but there's a ton of great entry level, easy to put together kinds of things that just uh, push the, the kind of immersion uh, to the, to the limit. So mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
it's pretty exciting all around. Let's move on to the tokens is an aspect that's only in the starter set at the moment. Um, uh, Eric, real quick. They actually, I didn't mention this. They come in all the ravaged lands boxes. You get your own side of the tokens. Oh, that's fantastic. So, um, so each of the uh, ravaged lands comes with some tokens. Uh, but if again, you're using your own terrain that you already have or uh, kind of found objects, etc., um, you don't necessarily need the tokens to be able to use the game. Um, you could use coins or other kind of um, small pieces or uh, things for objectives. Often, if you've played some games, you have some sort of objective token um, or something, or like I said, a coin. Um, you can, you will need some six-sided dice, um, uh, some d6s, as well as I use the polyhedral dice for some of my models' wounds. So if I'm if I've got my uh, my heart taker or heart eater is 20 wounds, I'll get a 20-sided dice, and I'll use that to count up how many wounds has been uh, dealt to them. Um, same with my, you know, so I, I just use that set of dice for wounds. Um, Josh, you've been uh, in the 3D printing world. We mentioned this last time. How fast has the community kind of uh, come to the aid of gamers with that sort of stuff, uh, custom tokens, et cetera? Yeah, no, it's been it's been quite impressive, and even the uh, MDF or uh, the you know laser cutting and things like that. People have come up with a wide range of of trays, you know, for holding your dice or for holding your cards or a combination of the two. People have come up with wound counters. They've come up with uh, you know the dagger, shield, hammer tokens, so you can kind of put those out, represent your groups. Uh, people even come with uh, you know 3D printed kind of like a base attachment to represent by color, whether it's in the dagger, shield, or hammer, so that you you know in those missions where you have to kill the dagger, you can easily identify the models that are part of that group. So yeah, it keeps growing, and it's, it's amazing how fast it's been. That's awesome. So there are third-party ways um, of you know trusted vendors for that sort of thing uh, to find. Um, and then, uh, you know, uh, yeah, so... Or you can pick, you know, there's there's options for that, alternatives and, and ways of going about it. At first, I thought once you pick up the book, then pick up the battle plan cards. On one hand, it's a pretty amazing mechanic that has def- come to define Warcry in many ways. Meaning that our experiences are being built by these, you know, four decks of cards. However, I kind of after thinking about it, marked them as an optional buy. We've had some things like this, open war cards for both Age of Sigmar and uh, 40,000. But this sets up your terrain. It sets up your um, win condition. It sends up the twist, your your deployment and positioning. And it's unique to Warcry, this intensive. Um, uh, And so you can buy the battle battle plan card set for $24. It doesn't come with the terrain deck. So it comes with the three decks, the deployment, the victory condition, and the twist. Um, which are which is fine. Again, I've mentioned in in the last episode that I could do without the terrain deck. I can set, I'm fine setting this stuff up on my own. But it's also been really cool to have that as a default that everyone can kind of just say, hey, we're going to flip that card. That being said, the main book has a lot of those things for you. They have um, different terrain layouts. They have different deployment uh, maps. They have victory conditions and and they have twists. Or they have something called hidden agendas in the triumphant treachery section. Um, and so there's the book between the match play section, the, the open play and the, and the narrative section, they have a lot of these elements that you can play with right away. So the battle plan cards 
while cool and have definitely defined playing Warcry for those who bought the starter set or went in our leagues, etc. They are an optional. They don't have to be the very first kind of purchase that you make. Would you guys recommend that being a future purchase? Uh, I have to say, I did buy the rule book myself first, and then I did pick up the battle plan cards just for the simple fact that the deployment, victory, condition, and twist are on separate pages, and they're, of course, two-page layouts. And so you can't look at all three of them at the same time while you're playing the game. And it was much easier to just lay out the cards to be able to see everything that you were doing at all times. So for me, it, it was something that definitely benefited my play experience. What were you thinking, Josh? Uh, yeah, I was just going to say that I, I find it it's convenient to have the decks just because it's all there in one place. You don't have to worry about making copies, cutting it out, using it however you want, although you didn't necessarily have to do that. The page-by-page layout in the book kind of works because you're supposed to kind of set up your your units first, and then you do the terrain, and then you go to the next step. So, you know, having them separate, I think, is okay. But again, it's more of a convenience, and, and in some cases, speed of play, just having the cards separately. I found it easier that way. Great observations. I think both of them are fantastic. So as a recap of this, the starter set is a fantastic value. Uh, there, I, I think I don't think you can go wrong with that unless you only have $160 and you overdraft your account doing this. Uh, <laughs> so in lieu of that... Be right. <laughs> what's that? It still could be the right choice. Oh, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> And, uh, but if you're going to, um, want to jump in at this from a different angle, then the core book gives you a ton of rules and alternatives, uh, tons of, of ways to play narratively, match play, etc. Um, you're going to want to pick up some dice, but dice are everywhere. So that's easy. Uh, you've got a, a ruler or measuring tool at home, probably. Um, you're going to can start with some terrain that you already have or some found stuff, but there's some fantastic, you know, easy options for getting started with terrain. And then there's the miniatures, which is hopefully and likely the fun part that you wanted to get into, uh, when picking up this game, having these, uh, little fighters, uh, jumping all around the, the, the battlefield. All right, now that we've uh, kind of showed you where the options for the starter set getting started or alternatives, uh, kind of uh, piecing this together in another route, let's start talking about the warbands. Uh, we're going to start with the the chaos, your options in the chaos um, route, uh, the, your options with the chaos warbands. And this is, uh, what's nice about this, it is fairly straightforward. Um, there's uh, uh, on launch... Uh, Games Workshop put out six warbands, and we know that there are two more coming in the wings. We haven't, we know their names, um, but we haven't gotten any releases on them yet. Um, so we've got the Corvus Cabal, Cipher Lords, Iron Golems, the Splintered Fang, the Unmade, and the Untamed Beasts, um, and then the Scions of the Flame and the Spire Tyrants. Now, uh, the Spire Tyrants and the Scions of the Flame don't have models yet. They are going to be coming out soon. Uh, within the year, I would or within the next six months, I would imagine, if not uh, before the end of the year. Um, but we have uh, the six warbands uh, that are available now, and each of these warbands come in a box, a fifty-dollar box, and that box generally has close to one thousand points uh, for playing a game of Warcry. 
Now, thousand points has is what the game says is kind of your base uh, level to play. That you can play with less, but if you're going to play in a campaign or if you're going to play with friends, two one thousand point warbands is recommended. And each of these boxes has that. Um, so the first thing you might do if you're interested in the chaos is look at what your flavor is. So each of them has a little bit different flavor. We're not going to go over that flavor here. You heard us talk a little bit about that in the last episode, and we'll be talking even more about kind of what each of them kind of feels like on the table or um, what their background and story is. Again, if you listen to our anthology episode of, of the Mortal Realms, uh, you'll get a lot of flavor in each of these warbands and, and find something you're you're interested in. So if you're interested in kind of getting in quick and easy, there's not much easier than one of these warbands. Um, what has, you know, um, Paul, you went with Corvus Cabal. Mm-hmm. Uh, Josh, Cypher Lords were for you. I went Untamed Beasts. What would be your kind of recommendation on why somebody should start with uh, if they're interested in chaos, why would they start with one of these warbands? Well, I think the real basic point is that if you are to liken this to a card game or a board game or something like that, the the chaos warbands are basically the Warcry equivalent of a pre-made deck. They include a thousand points, they include all the rules that you have, and they include something that's going to be cohesive and play well on the table together. And for me, that's a really compelling reason to pick up the box from a rules perspective. But the other thing that I super appreciate is that from an aesthetics perspective, these are all new entrances into the Age of Sigmar lore and into the Age of Sigmar design space. And that was something that super excited me, and particularly the Corvus Cabal. So uh, if you really like the design aesthetic of Warcry and you want to immerse yourself in it, one of these box sets is going to be a great buy. Yeah, yeah. I have to echo what Paul said, and just you know, just the the uh, unique models they have, and the lore, and and the introduction into the the chaos eight points, and how that actually looks, and how these warbands interact. There is is definitely a really interesting narrative hook. Absolutely. I, if you want to get immersed in the story of Warcry, and I think that, yeah, the uniqueness that these are all brand new kind of models made for this. And each of these warbands, when you buy that box, you get a variety of fighter types. Um, you get less skilled fighters all the way up to a leader for each of these. Um, and so everything you need is in the box, and you get a lot of different variety to play with. Um, now, when you talk about expanding beyond that 1,000 points, mm-hmm. um, you get a second box, and you've got basically two of every model that you have in the first box. Um, what are some of the, um, you know, kind of positives and negatives? Paven, do you have any thoughts on kind of, you know, why that could work or why that might be difficult? Um, well, why could one of the reasons it could work is a lot of these guys um, have like multiple builds you can use. Um, so you can, um, so although you'll have the same kind of sprue you can have, you can build different minis from them. So that's that's a great uh, great way to add more variety and more kind of choices to your warbands. Um, and, uh, something I kind of wanted to add, uh, just, uh, to kind of, uh, put this whole discussion in context. Now I'm not a yeah. chaos player, but, um, that I think you should always choose the minis you like the look of the most. Um, so like, no matter like what, um, kind of, uh, thing you choose, just like 
pick the minis you like the most. Like GW does a good job supporting them. So if you like any of these Chaos Warbands, oh, they're it's such a nice box. It's such a nice place to start. It has everything you need. It's like kind of designed for the Warcry aesthetic. Um, but yeah, I have no I, very positive. No, but, I I definitely agree with the pick the one you like, and and it's nice that they came out with the 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 variety. Each one is so different from the others. Um, I have trouble seeing any of these kind of like overlapping, uh, kind of playing each other's space too much. Mm-hmm. Um, have you run into, um, uh, so I bought a second, uh, box of the untamed beasts. Um, and there is, a kind of a gap where you can, your warband can only have one leader or your, your roster when you're playing campaigns can only have one leader. So that may not matter in a more open play kind of style, but. Um, so I have a second leader that maybe I don't need because it's the same leader. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, there's definitely ways to kind of tweak or change or do some weapon swaps or um, kind of move those things around um, and or painting them slightly different. So you've got one that's kind of, uh, if you've got two beast speakers, one is the more prominent one and, uh, you know, the other is kind of the underling, et cetera. Um, but then they're very, also very, uh, you know, what you see is what you get. Those are, these are tie very closely to the, you know, the player, the fighter cards, etc. cetera. Um, mm-hmm. Any other kind of um, pros or cons to getting started with each of these $50 boxes? Um, I'll just chime in and say um, from a, a tactical position, I ended up getting a second box just because when I, you know, I'd kind of done a test game and, um, the Cypher Lords, they all, you know, generally have 10 wounds, uh, you know, the leader and the champion have a little bit more, but they're fairly squishy, uh, normally toughness three. So one of the things I learned in my first test game with them is that, you know, hey, these two inch range weapons are kind of nice, like an attack, but not be engaged and gives me more flexibility. So I bought a second box so, so I could build more models that had a two inch range for my starting warband. So it was less than a thousand points. Um, but I, I just felt for me, it gave me a little bit more tactical flexibility and, and more survivability uh, in, in playing that warband. Yeah. Well, um, and then, yep. I think one of the other potential pros or potential cons is that these kits, if you haven't played in a while, they're not the, I'm going to put a pair of pants on a torso and put a left arm and put a right arm and put a head on. Mm-hmm. They're not quite push fit, but they are designed in a manner where this piece goes in this specific way yeah. you put it in this specific place. So if you're buying two and thinking, oh, it's going to be super easy to convert it from here to there. Well, it's not necessarily going to be the truth. Them should really work simple, easy with like cutting off a wrist and gluing a different wrist on instead to get some cool different things. But especially looking at the, um, the Shrike Talon and the, the Spire Hunter, uh, Spire Stalkers, there's going to be some like serious thinking to decide where to cut, where to move it, and be able to get some of those different positions. So it is going to be a job to convert a second box to not be identical to the first, if that's mm-hmm. important to you. If that's important, yeah. yep. Yep. Uh, yeah, I think uh, they're because they're so unique. Um, if you are into converting, or if you're into you know using other models in your range, etc. There's certain some people that have have been able to come up with some creative counts as armies, meaning that they've there's something that looks and feels a lot like so like the untamed beasts have an ethos. It's very much like 
the beasts of chaos in Age of Sigmar. Um, and so maybe somebody has said, hey, I've got these models. Can I use them as untamed beasts? And that could work. Um, that's more than maybe what we can cover on this podcast, you know, whether they are good or fit or not, because that becomes a more complex kind of walkthrough of what models are available. Um, but one of the kind of first things I looked at for Untamed Beast was the Godsworn Hunt um, box from uh, Underworlds. And out of the box initially, maybe a couple of those work for Planes Runners. Um, but mm-hmm. it, I, I have incorporated them, but with very heavy conversions to be able to get them to fit into um, kind of fit the specific roles that the untamed beasts have available, right? Or have similar weapons that, that make them WYSIWYG uh, for, for the, what's on the cards. So it's, it's not for the faint of the heart. There isn't a lot of um, immediate, very clear options to go and, and just add stuff from other ranges. So they're they're both very succinct visual styles, um, and and unique and creative, and I think that's why you, if you want chaos and you f- can find one of these that you like, that's the added bonus is that they're so unique and so special, um, and uh, you have everything you need to play the game and get become get interesting and and um, kind of fun to play experiences with that variety. Mm-hmm. Um, any other um, comments on that before we go to the non-chaos options? Uh, the only kind of incidental thing is that all of these $50 box chaos warbands are going to have two campaigns that you can play through instead of just one for the non-chaos, mm-hmm. if that's a concern for you. Yeah. And and who knows? They, these um, They may f- come out with expansions or single models or other leaders that come out uh, for these warbands uh, and so I think moving forward if they come out with special models for Warcry they're primarily going to fit the chaos warbands that they've come out with um, and but but who knows they have surprised us before they could surprise us again uh-huh. alright now the non-chaos has quite a few other um, options uh, and often it's a little bit more complex to jump in that direction So we're going to take a quick break, gather our thoughts, and we'll be right back to explore all the non-Chaos Warbands and your entry point into Warcry. Hey, what are you doing this far out, alone, in the Bloodwind Spoils? Well, I'm out here tracking a new hatching of Raptorix. A bit meaner when they're chicks, but dang if they ain't the tastiest thing this side of Karngrad. No, I don't get out this way often. Well, yeah, we move around a lot, but we always make our way back to the Mortal Realms Discord channel. We share our tips and tricks for staying alive in the Bloodwind Spoils, and we share whip picks as we're fashioning new instruments of death and mayhem. Hey, you should come by and check out camp. I swear, no one will eat you the first day. Oh, I think I hear those Raptrix chicks. I'd share the find, but I think I've already done you one solid for today. May Archeon notice ya, if he doesn't see me first. <laughs> All right, welcome back. It is time for us to jump into kind of the alternate way of getting into Warcry, and that's through uh, some of the non-Chaos Warbands. And the reason that uh, I kind of 
we're entering into this with a little bit more, I don't know, caution is because each of these different warbands that are available have different options to get in. There isn't just one box that gets you every model or every fighter in the gloom spite warband. Right. Um, and so, um, the kind of three ways that we want to think about this again is what might be the cheapest way to get in, meaning you're, you're spending the fewest dollars to get this warband on the table at a thousand points because a thousand points is the kind of our goal to start with. Um, what is the easiest, which may mean either, uh, you know, it's uh, the fewest number of models, um, which that also might be the fastest way to get a warband on the table. And the last might be what is the value option, if there's a value option for kind of getting you the most kinds of things, uh, most variety. So we're going to start in destruction, in the faction of destruction. And there we've got the bone splitters, the iron jaws, and the gloom spike gets. Paul, why don't you kick us off with the bone splitters, which is the the antithesis of everything I just said. (laughs) So the bone splitters, you just get one savage oryx box. It's... uh, gonna get you everything that you could possibly need for the warband because everything is in there uh the big stabbers which is something that would be useful in aos um they are there's two of them in the box and conveniently you know that's super useful two totems and then you have a whole bunch more models that you can use for more boys or for arrow boys so this is the 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 straightforward non-chaos entry into uh, Warcry. You're paying $50 for the box and then $8 for the cards and there you go. You got a full warband and you're going to have a lot of things that you can manipulate and change as you're playing along. Yeah, it's almost 2,300 points of models in Warcry so it'll get you for past your first thousand and then into some. Are there any other thoughts that uh, you guys have on Bone Splitters recommendations or kind of left field ideas? I didn't oh. think so. Bone splitters are super straightforward. They're a fantastic characterful army, and uh, it's of the non-chaos warbands. It's probably the easiest choice uh, to jump into. Pavend, Iron Jaws, go. All right. So you're so you're interested in Iron Jaws. You're really excited about that new Iron Jaws um, uh, AOS book coming out, and you want to get into Warcry. There's there's two kind of very close to cheapest option. One that's a little bit better bang for your buck is the uh, to get you to a thousand points, you can get the Ard Boys box. That will be fifty three dollars, but it will get you like twenty models, which is going to give net you uh, around two thousand five hundred points. So well, probably more than you'll need. You got the leader in there. You have um, nineteen other fighters on top of that. You have different weapon options. Um, so that's a really great value. Um, if you just get the Brutes box, that will get you not quite a thousand points. It gets you to 995, I think. Which um, is which is pretty close to like what the chaos the chaos warbands kind of get you to around there. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you're just putting what four models on the table. Uh, uh, you get to put you get to put the whole box on the table, so you get to put the five models on there. Nice. Um, and they're real tough. Um, but you know you don't have as many activations. Um. If you want to go kind of, if you want to have like the recommendation maybe is the, you get the Brutes box and then you get the Warhammer Underworld's Iron Skulls Boys box. Um, and that's for 25, an extra 25 bucks. You get that box um, that comes with four very characterful 
very cool um, ard boys to mix in with your brutes. So you have like the big dudes and you have the even bigger dudes to give some different scale. It gives you like almost every option you have in the warband and is just a great collection of minis to have. Um, so recap, cheapest is the ard boys box. But the recommendation is the Brutes box plus the Iron Skulls boys if you want to like have a nice difference of miniatures and um, and have like a and a nice warband to choose from. Absolutely. Any other left field ideas or alternatives that you guys can think of for Iron Jaws? Awesome. Paven, why don't you keep the train running with the Gloom Spike gets? I'm jealous. <laughs> <laughs> If you had if you'd picked them first and painted them first. I know, I know. The same as Jealous, that's all. Oh yeah, I got I got my name in the Google Doc real fast. <laughs> um, so yeah, for Gloomskite Gits, um, you have a number of options. You have a number of kits to choose from. They actually have a really great selection of miniatures available to play in Warcry. The cheapest box is the box of 20 Stabas slash Shootas. Um, this will give you a leader, which is the unit champion, and then 19 other fighters, which you can equip with spears, which you can equip with um, one-hand weapons, and then with uh, bow and arrows as well to be the shooters. Um, this will net you uh, 1,330 points maximum, and it's 35 bucks. So great value. You know, got a lot of different stuff to work with. You're just going to flood the board with a lot of cheap goblins, which is like a fun, um, I don't know, a narrative fantasy to fulfill. Um, the next cheapest auction is for 45 bucks. You can get the Squig Herd box. Um, this has um, 12 models in it. It'll get you 1,500 points, a little higher than that. Um, you get t- t- 10 Squigs, which are very good in the game. They're fun. They they munch stuff up, and they're just uh, you know balls of teeth and muscle. Um, and then you get two Squig Herders. I think you could probably use one as the leader pretty safely, and then just the other herder. Um, that's forty-five bucks. That's going to be a you know another way to get that your whole warband in one box. Um, if you want to go for a low model count option, you can get the Boingrot Bounders slash Squig Hoppers box for fifty bucks. Um, these are like very strong models because they're kind of cavalry. They're very fast. Um, they're very fun. They have um, that'll be fifty bucks, and you can get up to two thousand over two thousand points with everything that's just in the box. Um, they give you ten models. And then you can build those in a um, in a combination of hoppers and bounders, and you can have both of the champions of those different units. You can uh, use as leaders. Um, kind of an honorable mention here is the box of Underworld Zarg bags gets for twenty five bucks. It doesn't quite come with like six hundred points, but you get a nice selection to add on top of what you already have. Um, you have three shooters in there, you have two squigs, you have a squig herder, and you got a netta. Um, these are all can be used in, in Warcry. In addition to that, you have a fanatic, which doesn't have rules yet, um, and you have a shaman, which may-ish have rules in um, with mercenaries and monsters coming out. Um, so that's a cool, that's a cool, like, kind of set of miniatures to kind of just add on on top, but it won't get you all the way there by itself. That one seems like a good one if you go with the, the Boingrop Bounders route and you want to add some variety with, you know, Stabbers Shooters and just Squigs. That just kind of rounds you out a little bit. It gives you some more things to play with if you don't want to just be low model count uh, Boingrots. So, mm-hmm. yeah, um, I agree completely. 
you know so um it is cool that yeah the the gits have a number of options where they have single boxes that can get you playing uh, and then the question is yeah how do you get some variety after that once you're ready to kind of uh, up your game etc yeah, um, yeah beach <laughs> so now uh uh let's go with death uh and death came out with some has some pretty cool variety as well um, whereas you know the gits are all gits um the death have the flesh eater courts they have the night uh flesh eater courts which are kind of cannibalistic uh crazy people uh the night haunt uh which are uh ghosts and then the legion of gash which is um you know skeletons etc uh josh why don't you kick us off with the flesh eater courts what are our options there Definitely. And uh, one thing I just want to point out for people who may not be familiar is if you're playing a, you know, the campaign narrative uh, storylines, the, you'll eventually get to dominate six territories, which give you 50 extra points per territory. So the most that you would play in Warcry at this point in time would be 1,300 points. So we're kind of talking about how many points are in each box and everything else, but 1,300 points is really the maximum that you would play in the current Warcry campaign scenarios. So just kind of keep kind of... Can- Taylor can you action. spend an, an additional three glory point to add another hundred on top of that? It's true. Actually, you can. Yeah. So you can temporarily, for a game, spend one for 50 or three for 100. So I guess and, it could get up to 1,400, yeah. And if and you're might, nice to your, your, your event organizer, you might get more. <laughs> yeah. And I'm going to stick my foot in there and say, but you can also field 20 models in your narrative warband. So points don't matter with those 20 models, right? 15 on the table, though. You're absolutely right, but you could field 15 in one game, and then you could switch five of them out and field a different 15 yes. in the next one. So Correct. there is some flat text, tactical flexibility that you can get with that with going that route as well. So Correct, yeah. yeah. In terms of the points and you know whether you have higher level point models versus lower point models, the combination yeah. thereof, yeah, definitely. As I was mentioning, I've got 26 models in my uh, uh, Untamed Beasts uh, <laughs> collection. <laughs> I can't put them all on a roster, but it's fun to collect them. Uh, Josh, why don't you get us uh, into these cannibals? Definitely. So the uh, just to get a Warcry Warband, the cheapest way is you can just get a box of ghouls. Uh, you can definitely play a Warband with just ghouls. The box comes with you know, $40, and you get uh, 10 or 20 models, that is. You know, so you get a leader. You've got lots of additional ghouls to you know, convert or, or play however you want. And, and that'll definitely get you a thousand points a little bit above that. Um, if you if you want some of the harder hitters, and a lot of people tend to be playing with Crypt Players or Horrors, uh, the Haunted and Infernals, then you, you'll definitely at least need one box of Crypt Players, which would be about 50 bucks or so. Um, you know, So that, that would be an add-on. Or if you just wanted to try and play with a few models and in, in, in just a few of the large models, you might just go with two of those boxes. But personally, I think your best bang for the buck overall is the getting started box and and i think this is probably the only getting started box that kind of gives you a little of everything um you know you get 10 ghouls you get three crypt horrors or flares which is generally what people are running and then additionally you get a zombie dragon or um or a terrorist which you can use in the upcoming expansion you know monsters and mercenaries so i, I think for the 90 bucks you know that is an excellent deal to kind of get a great war round, well-rounded warband and, and a monster that you can use in the future expansions. Absolutely. And yeah, I was hoping that, um, so you can get uh, one box of three clip, crypt flares or uh, f- um, horrors mm-hmm. uh, for $50, but it's it's only about 700 
you know, 800 points. So it's right. quite a bit more shy of that thousand points. So you do have to go to a second box if you wanted to do all, um, you know, flares or horrors. Um, mm-hmm. So if you're going to spend a hundred dollars on those bigger models, yeah, that, that start collecting box is, is, is a pretty sweet kind of deal on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Paul, why don't you jump into some ghosts? Uh, the night haunt are going to be the cheapest option is going to be a box of the easy to build chain rasp horde plus a box of the easy to build grave grave wraith stalkers so if you buy that you're going to get one liter nine chain rasps and four glaive wraiths so that's going to easily get you enough to be playing and playing well um if you kind of want to go a little bit more into it the easiest thing to build is going to be buying a box of grim gas reapers and a leader and nine fighters out of that. So you're going to have a little bit more flexibility, and they're going to be probably a little bit better fighters than those chain rasps. Um, then you can also add on a box of spirit hosts, which is going to be $26 and 660 points. So that's going to add a little bit more flexibility. They're a little bit tougher, if I'm not mistaken. And then if you just want value, you can buy the Tempest of Soul starter box. So you can get 10 chain rasps, four grim ghasts, Five Glaive Wraith Stalkers, plus a bunch of Stormcast that are not usable in Warcry yet. But uh, hopefully they'll show up in the future. And, you know, you could also just trade it to a friend and see if you can get some more Nighthound for that. So that would work out pretty well as well. I wouldn't say go out and buy Tempest's Souls just to get uh, Nighthound. But if you have it, it's an easy one to get started with. You have quite a few things for Warcry. Because easy to build is a nice way to get in, uh, and those yeah. are going to be push fit, uh, which is is really cool if you've if you've not built miniatures before. Right. I also have a guilty confession. I literally did buy the Tempest of Soul starter box twice just for the night haunt, and then ended up with another Stormcast army because of it. So it's not recommended, but you can do it. And like you said, there's value if you're interested in those models as well or want to split them. You can go that route and uh, and be able to double double use them. Josh, Legions of Nagash, um, uh, Ben is running this. Um, what are our options if we want skeletons and uh, necromantic magic users? Oh, definitely. So the, the, the great start is, you know, the necromancers are available out there. You can, you can buy that as a pack. And uh, that also there's a wide range of models that you can use as a necromancer, which is wonderful. Uh, and then for your skeleton guys, you can really go with a box of skeleton warriors, which will you 20 fighters for 45 bucks, over 1,000 points. And you can use those as skeletons, and, or you can convert them to make some of them graveguard as well. The other option, of course, is to get the box of graveguard, you know, which is a little bit more. It's about $56, $57, um, a little over 1,000 points. Um, and the graveguard, you can also, you know, if you don't use some of the armor, if you modify it, you could use them as generic skeletons or give them spears. But it's nice because either one of those boxes, you can either use them as models or, or um, kind of use them as one or the other as well. You know, the graveguard box, you only get 10 models. Most legions of Nagash armies are going to have a minimum of 10. Um, so, you know, getting the skeleton box would be probably the, the cheapest, fastest way to get you 10 plus models and along with the necromancer. Um, and then, of course, you know, if you have any additional, the, the uh, Sepulchral Guard box has got some really awesome looking skeleton models, which you can use for a variety of the heroes like the skeleton champion. You could definitely see you using from that box. And that's $25. Um, just adds additional flavor to the units, but it's not necessary. It's uh, that this is the only warband that has a hero model from Age of Sigmar as its 
um, kind of one of its core. Uh, and uh, the Necromancer uses magic and is all cool. And then, yeah, that, that $30 skeleton box plus the you know $15 Necromancer, or if you use another model as a Necromancer, like anybody can turn into the dark arts and, and learn to raise skeletons. Um, and, and one thing to add to that that I forgot is that the Games Workshop has a web-only purchase that where you can spend $10 to get five skeletons. I mean, they're mm-hmm. the old kind of classic standalone, but in, in that sense, you could say, oh, okay, I'm going to get the Graveguard box because I could make my Graveguard the way I want, and then I can pay 10 bucks for these five skeletons just to get those extra spearmen or whatever I want. So There you go. Uh, so nice add-on if you go the the graveguard route. Right. All right, let's jump to the order uh, category. We, in the order category, we have Stormcast, we have Ideneth, and we have Daughters of Cain. So let's go with the Stormcast. And um, the there's a, a number of options. Obviously, the Stormcast has one uh, Vanguard. Uh, the Vanguard chamber is what you use in uh, Warcry. Um down the road, I know in, in Monsters and Mercenaries, uh, there's some additional kind of heroes from the Stormcast that are coming in. Maybe down the road, some of the uh, Warrior Chamber or the Sacrosanct Chamber will be available. Um, but uh, the Vanguard are just really cool uh, models. The very cheapest and easiest way to get your first thousand is uh, actually the two first <laughs> ways to get your in the cheapest and maybe easiest are a little bit um, alternative. Uh, they may not be the most obvious. Uh, the first would be to get a box of easy-to-build castigators, uh, which are kind of a crossbow. They have kind of a mortar-style crossbow, but could be easily used as a leader for the Raptor, Raptor Prime, maybe with Hurricane or with the Long Strike, and uh, two other Raptors, again, with crossbow-style weapons. And then if you can also pick up, uh, I believe that's $15, and then a box of griffhounds which has six griffhounds in it uh for additional 25 dollars um you get what was that six nine models uh it comes up to uh, 1780 points in war cry um and is just some really cool poses and and awesome models those castigators are real cool looking um the next kind of way to get in for a thousand points really easy would to be to pick up uh, Nave Black Talon as a uh, Hunter Prime, and that's a fantastic sculpt and a cool box, and then add the um, the box of six Griffhounds on top of that for $55, and that'll get you just over kind of 1,100 points. Again, you get these really cool models, uh, about $50 um, or less, and um, and you can get into the game really fast. Now, if you want more variety. Now, those both had, you know, some shooters. Uh, they had some, uh, you know, that first option had the shooters and Griffhounds. The second option had a, a, you know, a more close combat fighter and some Griffhounds. So if you wanted to add some Vanguard Hunters onto that first box with the Castigators or with the Crossbows, then the Underworld's Far Strider box for $25 would be a really cool option. You get have an optional Vanguard Hunter Prime a leader or and two other vanguard hunters so that's a cool option to add some more kind of more close combat or or choppy guys another add-on if you went with uh nave black talon and the griffhounds is to um, a 35 dollars box of the vanguard raptors uh you get a, a potential leader either as a long strike or hurricane 
Um, and then you get two other models that are carrying the crossbow styles. But then you also get three Aether Wing, mm-hmm. which are a really fast mobile uh, unit. Um, maybe more mobile than the Griff Hounds, but you know, kind of some similar cool uh, scopes for that. Um, so you're adding about 865 points onto that. Again, you could do a number of combinations here. Um, another, I guess, maybe the easy way, um, if you wanted, but it would kind of be a mono build, is if you bought the Vanguard Hunters box uh, for $60, then you're going to get 10 models. One of them can be a leader, nine hunters. Um, and they shoot, they chop, they move around the board, um, and you know, uh, they're, that's about 1,700 points of... Or cry models. So my preference is maybe you get started with some of those cheap combinations uh, and then you add a little variety one way or the other. If you wanted, if you started with shooters, you add a few Vanguard hunters. If you start with hunters, you maybe add a few shooters. Uh, so that's my thinking. Any other kind of options out there that you guys are, have thought about or one of those ways that you prefer? Well, uh, I'm just saying, if your friend bought Tempest of Souls just for the Night Haunt, and you wanted to go with the three easy build castigators, those are included in the Stormcast half of Tempest of Souls. You so go. you might be able to beg those off of him. Nice. All right. Uh, Paven, why don't you introduce us to the Ideneth Deepkin? All right. Yeah. If you want to get started with the Ideneth Deepkin, there really is one easy and best and cheapest option, and that's going with the Start Collecting box. Now, this is going to give you everything you want or need. Um, it comes with, uh, it's going to be 90 bucks. So it's not a, like kind of a small, simple box to buy, but it comes with like a really lot of great stuff to get you started. It comes with, um, 10 thralls, which are the foot troops. And then it comes with three, e- uh, three eel riders, which are the Achillean guard. You can, there's two builds you can build with those, but you can build three of them. And then it comes with the Isharan soul render, which is a hero that will be an allied that we think will be an allied unit, um, for when the expansion comes out. Um, a lot of cool stuff, really great value. The start collecting boxes are always good values and, you know, it'll give you like kind of more than you need to like start your campaign and then grow your war band from there. Now, if you want to expand, um, once you have that box or you just kind of want to hear the other options now you can buy an individual box of thrall for 50 bucks, uh, doesn't quite get you to a thousand points, but comes with a leader and nine fighters. Um, you can buy a box of uh, Namarti Reavers, which are the foot uh, troops that are, have the bows. Another cool set of minis. A leader, nine fighters, uh, still not quite a thousand. Then you can expand for another box of the Achillean Guard, which are the kind of eel knights that come from deep in the sea. This comes with one leader and then two fighters. And then you can build either the like kind of the aggressive spear wielding groups, which are the Ishlian Guard. And then you can also buy the more de- build the more defensive ones, which are the Morsar Guard. Um, an individual box isn't going to get you to with, with the three models isn't going to get you to a thousand points. That's why still the best way to go, the best value is to start collecting Ideneth Kid box. Absolutely. Now, if you didn't go that direction, like yeah, your kind of options, you pick two of the other ones for a hundred bucks, it'll get you those points. But uh, you know, you're kind of picking your options. So if you didn't want to go with eels, you could pick both of the foot troops or whatever to get more models on the table. Um, but the, this is one of those cases where that start collecting adds a lot of value. Um, and there, there aren't many other places to get the Deepkin. There aren't any extra boxes or, you know, Underworlds variants or anything like that. Um, but, uh, I, yeah, these are ones where an excuse to get a box of those Reavers, uh, with their super cool sculpts, uh, is very tempting. 
Um, why don't you finish off our uh, kind of non-chaos war bands paven with the Daughters of Cain? What are our options there? So the Daughters of Cain, the good thing is they have a lot of really cool models and a great selection of unit troops to use in Warcry. The bad news is there isn't a obvious one box to pick up for them that is going to get you like all the way over a thousand points. So we're kind of in a pick two scenario where you kind of pick your two favorite boxes out of three and that will get you um, a lot of different choices and will get you over that a thousand point mark and that room to expand. So I'll just go through them in order. The first one is um, the Kinneri, um, and this is the kind of harpy uh kind of sculpts they are like they have wings they have tails i think they have hooves i don't have the minis in front of me right now um very cool new sculpts um the box comes with five minis and you can be their their dual build so you can get the life takers or the heart renders and you have a, a leader of each and so if you build the most expensive options that will get you to 945 points uh, similar is the melusi which are very similar both in name and in aesthetic to Medusae, but they are, uh, you know, women on top and snakes on the bottom. And they come with the Blood Sisters or Blood Stalkers dual kit again. Five minis, two liter choices. I really like these minis. I really want to have them at one point. But if you build the most expensive option, you're going to get to 905 points. Um, and then the last kind of box option for the faction is the box, the dual kit, Witch Elves Sisters of Slaughter box. It gets you 10 minis, um, gets you to 905 points, 60 bucks, two liter types, um, a few weapon options. So all these boxes are cool. All these boxes, the minis are great. They give you some options. Um, none of it quite gets you over the, over the top of the 1,000 points. So you just want to pick the two you love the most and start from there. Absolutely. Um, now, obviously, um, we're looking for the easiest um, ways for people to get into these war bands. Uh, there's always options to, to trade with friends or see if anybody has a model here or there that you can use. Um, you know, if if you both, you know, two people went in uh, on a couple of these boxes, you could split them and and you know, kind of get a little bit better deal. There's always, you know, people selling online. That doesn't necessarily, that's not an easy way necessarily. With a little bit of extra work, you can find these things, um, maybe the right combo of things. But hopefully, um, one of these kind of options to get into your favorite warband uh, strikes a chord for you. And uh, if you are sharing this with other people, if you have other people who are looking to get into this, hopefully you can give them some direction or some, some ideas this way. Now I'm going to turn the question to, to you guys after kind of doing this research, looking at kind of what the options were depending on the different kind of war band or, or thing you were interested in. Did it, um, did it kind of spark an idea for what you wanted to get into next after, you know, you're done with this war band or have you played through a campaign with this one and did it, did it change at all after, you know, did you have something in mind and then it changed after kind of, figuring out how you're going to getting into this or um, kind of what's your, what's your story there? Uh, Josh, what were you, where do you think you're going next and did this influence it? Well, that's definitely a great question. Uh, it's, and of course, with any miniature game, it's always tempting looking at the wide range of options that you have ahead of you. But um, I'm actually, I'm, I'm really uh, tied to the Cypher Lords at the moment. I think my biggest interest now lies in 
okay, what's coming out in Monsters and Mercenaries and having a range of monsters and maybe some heroes and stuff for narrative play and the campaign and multi multiplayer battles and that sort of thing. So I think that's kind of got my interest at the moment rather than starting a new war band. But it certainly piqued my interest and I was like, oh, okay, well, this isn't as hard as I thought it might be to pick up something else. So. Absolutely. How about you, Pavend? After uh, finishing up um, your your gloom spite warband or having enough models to kind of have variety your loon shrine is there another warband or um kind of combo of boxes that caught your eye oh yeah um i'm <laughs> always tempted by all, all miniatures at any point um <laughs> I'm very strict with myself um but um, so I like I've always had the Idna Thiefkin in my pocket as something I really wanted to expand into. The Daughters of Cain are also a very cool set of minis. I don't think I would do a full like Age of Sigma army with them. So Warcry seems like a great way of getting into those kits I'm really interested in. Mm-hmm. Doing this research, um, what really stuck out to me is the bone splitters have been, are very tempting in that it's such an easy entry point, gets you everything you need, it's all in that box. Um, and I think they'll paint up super quick because it's all like skin and it's all like kind of natural materials. And, um, so that's, that's probably where, um, uh, that's where my mind is at today, but who knows? Paul, what, uh, was there one that was on your mind before we kind of went through this list or researched this and did that change at all? Um, I'm going to be doing the legions in the gash and, um, it didn't really change. Uh, but I was actually thinking of just using my old Tomb Kings bits um, to make my conversions. But I actually picked up a uh, Sepulchral Guard, a second copy of that. And I'm going to see if I can make some interesting conversions um, to be able to use that instead. Uh, because to me, one of the things that's important with playing Warcry is that your models are all individuals. And I really want my models to look like individuals in the battlefield so I can tell them apart. So which one has the destiny levels, which one has the magic item, etc., the artifacts. So um, it did encourage me to buy a second box of Sepulchral Guard to really kind of push forward that individuality, especially after looking and seeing um, all the options that are available. Very cool. Well, it did, uh, interestingly enough, I picked up a uh, or i have a bunch of the vanguard stormcast from when uh they launched in aos so i have a bunch of uh, vanguard hunters i've got guys with hurricane bows um and i've i've got them started painting but i haven't kind of uh been able i've been focused on the untamed beasts um part of me is tempted with the either the castigators or nave black talon and the griffhounds uh because i've I've always loved that Griffhound kit. I've always loved the Nave Black Talon kit. Those Castigators are fantastic. And it's all an excuse to kind of pick up these cool models that otherwise I probably wouldn't pick up for a Stormcast army. Um, so while I have a bunch of the Vanguard stuff already, like seeing kind of that quick kind of, I could pick those up and use them here, you know, like you were just saying, Paul, the coolest sculpts kind of deserve to be on the table uh for war cry it feels like um Mm -hmm. so i think that's that's one thing that that popped up for me um uh i'll say that i i had the same kind of thought that the that the idaneth 
is one where those again those those reavers are fantastic um but i'm definitely going to keep my eye open for you know the start collecting if i get a chance to to go in that way um just you know get a little bit of a deal on it some value but mm-hmm. uh um any last thoughts or um, kind of recommendations uh, or reiterations or kind of you want to kind of nail home uh, advice for either players looking to come into Warcry for the first time or players looking to invite somebody in uh, who hasn't played or, or isn't playing Warcry yet? What, what, how would you recap uh, kind of the advice here, Josh? Oh, you know, I think the most important thing is... Uh... In most areas, I think you'd probably find at least one store that's got a demo set or somebody who has a demo set. And I highly encourage anybody who doesn't have anything yet to just go try the game with the standard warbands and find out if you like it or not. But I think you'll enjoy it. And then and hopefully we've given you some tips and tricks to kind of find which narrative hook you've got and, and go from, from there. Paven, you had um, made a point to uh, reiterate kind of the very first choice Shabbody should make when choosing a warband. Why don't you reiterate that for us uh, here? Wait, what did I say before? Uh, (laughs) No, I'm just teasing you. No, yeah, definitely. (laughs) If you're into Warcry, pick up the book and then pick up the minis you like the most. And just like, that's all you need. Just get in there, start playing games. It's super fun. It's It's super easy to pick up. Um, yeah, have, have fun and just like get into it. Absolutely. Paul, any, any last words, uh, in this life? I mean, for this podcast, (laughs) (laughs) um, I, I do agree with Paven. You pick the models that you want. Um, but also click the, pick the play style you want, right? If you want to be able to really kind of shift around those points and decide like Josh of like, Oh, I want more fighters with two blades, right? Or that two inch reach, right? then maybe one of these non-chaos starters might be a little easier for you because they aren't all one pose uh, or one or two pose minis. But if you're looking for something that really just will allow you to assemble and get playing right away, and you learn the warband as you're playing, um, you might want to start with those chaos warbands instead. Very cool. And uh, our goal here uh, in this episode was just to make kind of picking what you're going to do next easy to find a way to get into Warcry, to to join in this game and find the joy that we've found in it um, and make it easy for you to introduce somebody else into this. The starter set is a fantastic value and I think there should be no question that if somebody's looking to, that is the best value that Games Workshop has put out for, for this game. If Untamed Beasts or um, the Iron Golems or that particular terrain doesn't suit you, um, then there are a number of ways to get into this game really easily with the with the Chaos Warbands and a number of those Ravage Land sets and all the little pieces uh, like the book, the rule book, etc. that you need that are easy to get a hold of and, and a great value in and of themselves. And then if you're interested in one of these other kind of Warbands, if you have the models already, I think that's what their prime intention was. If you have these models, here's how you get into and play uh, Warcry with your Age of Sigmar models. But if some of those, you really like them and want to kind of pursue those as your first warband, uh, we just wanted this to be a way for you to easily kind of pick what you wanted and know know what you're getting into uh, to get started and playing as fast as possible so that you can fall in love with it and become a a fan like we are. Um, All right. Well, thanks again for listening. Um, We're going to uh, have 
uh, more to say in the coming weeks as we see a new expansion come out. Um, and just thank you for listening. It's time to put a muzzle on this episode. If it was a good, good dog, support the show with a positive review on iTunes, sharing it with friends, joining us for hobby discussions at themotorrealms.com forward slash discord, or leave a tip at themotorrealms.com forward slash Patreon. More content is available at themotorrealms.com and on Twitter at Dogs of Warcry. Warcry.